Hello and welcome to the Next Step Help podcast. In today's episode, we are going to be talking about something pretty cool. It's called Stoicism. You've probably heard of it if you're in the self-improvement community. If not, Jack, can you give us a quick rundown, summary of Stoicism? It is the idea that you are in control of pretty much how you respond to everything in life. So everything that happens externally only affects you if you internally accept it. So basically it's the focus on what you can control and that's pretty much it, just forgetting everything else. Do you want to build on that? Um, which is Roman philosophy in it. It's just it's, it's a philosophy mm-hmm. used famously by Marcus Aurelius um, who was a pretty cool Roman Empire. Uh, yeah, Roman. he wasn't a Roman Empire, he was a Roman Emperor. Um, very, very, very interesting. It's a lot about kind of ignoring pleasure and focusing on responsibility and on duty. It would be paralleled by things like hedonism, epicureanism, which focuses more on acquisition of knowledge and kind of removing oneself from the world. Um, because, you know, the idea of hedonism, just to quickly go off on a tangent, is is usually people think, okay, it's just mass pleasure, like, you know, Roman orgies and stuff. And I think maybe that's more of a kind of result of hedonism is there's a lack of duty, which is present in stoicism, which creates this kind of wanting for pleasure um, because of this kind of focus on acquisition of knowledge. And that is the you know, the main thing. And the problem with the Romans, just to have a quick history, like this is a quick history lesson, just to catch you guys up um, on where we're at, is the Romans, when they founded, were deeply stoic. They, they believed in duty, you know, warriors, everyone was a warrior, you know, spanning from the Greeks and like the Spartans and those kind of guys. And da, 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 da. And then Rome obviously became like proper big, big, massive uh, empire. And then eventually they lost that duty and they kind of turned they turned to hedonism epicureanism they focus more on knowledge on kind of this civilized stuff um and they you know they and a lot of the reason there's a great quote i can't remember who it's by but you know that they, they um oh before i get to the quote they were invaded because they had they, they stopped fighting for themselves they used to just hire people who were really good at fighting they actually gave i think the country yeah it was hungry they, they, they were these barbarians that they just paid to fight for the mercenaries and they gave them hungry because they were like okay you're really good at fighting you can have this country and, and like okay that's pretty impressive power wise but i mean they weren't even doing their own fighting they literally had a country just to raise warriors they, they no one was in the middle of rome no one was ready to fight and it was that whole you know hard times create strong men weak times create uh, no easy times create weak men kind of mentality and the last thing before I finish is the reason they didn't you know air condition they say air conditioning is what killed the the Romans because they didn't have their windows open so they couldn't hear the barbarians coming and that is just such a I don't know if it's true or not or whatever but you know pleasure resulted in their downfall and I think that is something we should really look at in today's society especially because where do you think we're at in today's society? Are we in the beginning of a civilization where we have to work hard just to get simple things? Or are we in the part where you're surrounded by pleasure and acquisition of knowledge, and yet there is no action taken? And so, Jack, do you want to talk a bit about how stoicism applies in the modern world and some practical applications? 
Yeah. So for me, and I think this is the probably one of the most helpful ways to look at stoicism in regards to the modern world, is the idea of an internal and external locus of control. And we touched upon this before in a, one of our earlier episodes, but I will really reiterate. So an external locus of control is effectively the victim mindset who complains that it's the external circumstances which you know impact them and make them feel a certain way and this is a less helpful mindset than the internal locus of control and studies have been done to show that an internal locus of control you know just does better in life holistically Hmm. so this internal locus of control is like okay even though like external circumstances are crap they bring it on themselves like okay how could i improve this you know and sometimes like i quite like the idea that like they don't even let it affect them so it's the idea that you're only you you can only feel a certain way if you give permission to that thing to make you feel that way Hmm. so someone else can you know you know point at you laugh at you and you can like just you know you don't you don't have to react you don't have to literally even acknowledge it and this is it and but if you do acknowledge it it would make you feel you know worse and sort of beat down yeah and that's if you were to accept it so the stoicism focuses on what can i control you know do i want to let this affect me no okay i'm not going to yeah i think that's sort of it and, and the point of it but, is is it gives you a choice like it's it's not mm-hmm. it's not it's not what we often so often think in the modern world is like okay um you know i'm sick so i guess my i guess i guess i'm just not gonna work hard or okay you know watch our episode on staying productive while being sick because that's not necessarily the case it's like okay oh i failed my test so i should feel bad you know someone called me an asshole so i should feel bad and try and be nicer to people okay if you are an asshole maybe you should but like you know look at yourself don't just feel bad because someone tried to make you feel bad as was that that is the difference between stoicism and everything else is you know someone says to me okay or criticism right no one i i Jack, you are one of the only people I've ever met who can take criticism head on and be very, very, almost great. You seem happy in a way when I criticize you because you're like, okay, nice. Someone's told me that I can I can use that. But nowadays, you know, and that, that's very stoic. But nowadays mm-hmm. you criticize someone and immediately you hear excuses. You hear they become defensive, myself included. Like, I mean, I'm getting better at it, but but I'm still not there. I still get that feeling of like, ugh when people yeah, criticize yeah. me and now i acknowledge that that feeling doesn't mean anything and i suppose that is kind of what stoicism is it's acknowledging that feelings are just feelings you know that classic ben shapiro facts don't care about your feelings kind of mentality 100 percent. and like yes it's something that i've had to work on and i mean just the only way really is through getting constant criticism with the mindset of okay i'm going to use this to learn it's not speaking about me as a person making me you know sort of like unjust and it helps through reading No Mr. Nice Guy, where it says, like, even though, you know, you're like, you're not perfect, that means you're lovable. Like, mm. nobody is perfect. And that's why we're, why we're you know, yeah. we're perfectly imperfect is a good way. Mm. And criticism is definitely in how to win friends and influence people. It just says don't criticize people because everyone will immediately jump to the defensive and start trying to attack you back. Yeah. And it doesn't end up with helpful things. And it's why... You know, it's it's. I wouldn't go out directly and just start criticizing people because it just doesn't really bring a, a helpful, productive hmm. outset. But if you know someone is, you know, a stoic and they're practicing this, you could possibly try bring it up and like sort of, yeah, more bluntly. They don't sort of associate the feelings with that. Like Sam said, oh, it's oh, it's just feelings. It's not like a big issue. 
point. That makes sense. Yeah, and I, I think that's really, really important and really, really interesting. But that the how to win friends and influence people literally shows that because that that book is written not necessarily it, it, that 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 book is a hypothetical imperative. So it means if you want this do this it's not this is what you should do this is isn't it's not moral teaching it's not if these people are you know because that's that's the thing as well like i agree with you if you if you want to make friends and influence people don't fucking criticize them that is like the number one way to not do it if you want to help yeah, someone yeah. if that person is your brother see our earlier episode on brotherhood versus friendship um criticize them if that person is pissing you off you might not even want to criticize them you might want to just be like just draw a boundary and i think that's another thing is what, what do you think about stoicism and drawing boundaries? Well, I can I go back to the first point? So with with when you said criticize people, he also talks about in this book how to be a good leader. And he says, instead of bringing it up bluntly, you need to praise them and then draw indirectly uh, sort of like acknowledgement of the behavior that you want changed. So it's not like blatantly criticizing, but it I guess it does have the undertones of like, okay, this is something that you didn't do so well. How could we improve it? But he talks about how to do it in a way where it's like, you know, it's manipulative, not, it's not effectively. Well, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> right. Okay. But back yeah. to the stoicism thing. So, how do yeah, you think stoic stoicism can? What was my question? It was a great question. I can't remember now. Reflect the boundaries. Oh right. Yeah. How do you think you can? How do you think stoicism helps you draw boundaries in life? Well, part of me thinks it's a weird one because I think there are multiple lenses that you could look at stoicism and regards to boundaries so one would be the the sort of you know i'm in control of just me if that makes sense and like mm. because of that i'm not going to be reactive or, or take offense to anything that anyone does mm. so you could be getting bullied you know day in day out and you just you just don't care you're like no you know i'm me i'm just going to accept what i feel but then part of me feels like this this isn't really a productive strategy because mm. you're still going to get bullied every day even if you just you know shrug it off like that so you you need to find a way to stop it happening and it's like imagine if you're a, a, a meditation monk you know a monk in a monastery i think fundamentally they would like try and remove this distraction as opposed to just ignoring it and like it, it might you know this might not be true maybe if you're like a really good monk you just sat in your piece of serenity but it would be easier and less detrimental if you were to set up the boundary, get rid of that bully, get rid of that annoying thing that keeps nagging you. Hmm. So you can focus more on, you know, the important stuff. And none of that brain power or effort is like, I have to keep bringing myself back to my state because of this external stimuli. That's a really, so, really good point. Mm -hmm. Through that lens, I definitely think it's it. you do need to create boundaries. And it's something that's talked about again and again even in no more mr nice we should have a reading list at this point is all the yeah. books we're going to mention in the podcast <laughs> but in this book it, it talks about you need to set boundaries so that you don't get pushed about in life so that you can get what you want yeah what would you say? and say again right, what, what would you you know sort of think about stoicism and boundaries well my, my opinion is often the reason we don't set boundaries often the reason we don't react emotionally isn't because we're stoic i remember when i was like People would say shit and I'd, I'd be like, it's fine. It doesn't affect me. And, and at the time I'd be like, oh, fuck, dude, that really, that really pissed me off. Or I really, mm. like, they keep doing that. And that's really annoying me. And that, and I was like, oh, it's okay. I'm stoic. And I used to actually, there was a phase where I really didn't like stoicism because I thought that's what it was. I thought it was just 
just ignoring stuff in life that actually did matter, not setting boundaries and not being honest to who you are as a person. Um, I was misreading stoicism, of course. So what I think is stoics don't care about their feelings or they, they, signif- they care more about logic than feelings. And as you said, and the reason I said it was such a great point is because if you if it becomes an inconvenience and if it starts to bring those feelings up, what what's a better way to do it than to, you know, not care about how the bullies feel? Because that's another thing we like, we go like, oh, maybe they're getting bullied at home. Maybe we try and like empathize with them to give ourselves excuses and not to stand up for ourselves. Um, and so really the stoic isn't going to not care about their feelings. And that's something that's really beneficial because often we don't set our boundaries because we're scared to. That stoic, a stoic mentality wouldn't be scared to set up boundaries if it really is, you know, affecting their life in a negative way. Um, you know, wasting time effectively, and that that is true. It would waste time. Uh, and the, you know, I I really don't like the um, the mentality that we get taught at school, which is like, oh, just don't talk, don't listen to the bullies, because then they'll then they'll then they'll go away. Just just don't say anything and they'll they'll get bored. That's not that's not fucking thriving though, is it? That's survival. That's like don't move or the T-Rex is going to see you like in Jurassic Park. That's that's the, what the fuck. Right? These kids are kids. They're the same age as you. The, the, what they want you to do is make yourself an idiot, fool of yourself. Don't make yourself fool of yourself. Just say mate, fuck off. And they'll be they'll, they'll probably go like they, they might go like ooh and you'll be like mate, I'm being serious. Fuck off right now. Like you can you can get tense with them. You can get tense. Do it. Just don't lose your shit because that's not stoic. Don't go like, oh, fuck you, man. I hate you. Your mum is gay or something like that. Like really, really stupid. That's what they want you to do. They want you to make yourself look like a massive idiot. If you just go, mate, fuck off, like go away. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. not that. That's that's the best way of doing it without starting like without making yourself look like an idiot and without reacting emotionally, but also standing up for yourself and setting boundaries. And I think that's a very stoic way of doing it. Mm, 100% and I think that the through the frame of YouTube and all this stuff stoicism has you know been sort of taken in different directions and I, I like <clears throat> and I think this is important like think touch one which is unreactivity to outcomes mm. is definitely something that I think stoicism is, is one of the main pillars so it's you know it, whatever happens you're going to be able to deal with it it's like you are in control of everything that you can do you know Nothing can affect you unless you accept it. And this is something that Ryan Holiday, who's who's a 21st century stoic, done, 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 who's written many books, he's a very famous author on, you know, stoicism. And some of his books are about the obstacle is the way. And this is the voluntary hardships, which Sam was mentioning earlier, instead of the instant gratification. Mm. So he brings up the sort of ideas that the stoics would do hard shit. They wouldn't, they wouldn't sit around and just sort of, the hedonism was in it, you know, yeah. As much pleasure as possible. They would focus on doing the hard stuff in order to get like the results they wanted. Yeah, and, and that hard stuff is, it's it's the big difference. That hard stuff is quite physical in in in, mm. uh, in comparison to like the, the the hedonism, the epicureanism, which would be quite, you know, we need to acquire knowledge. We're questioning our surroundings. We're questioning God. We're questioning this, that, and the other, rather than. And, and, you know, that has its place. I mean, I'm a philosophy student. I do understand that has its place. However, as a philosophy student, I can also tell you the importance of physicality in hard work and doing stuff you don't want to do, especially as a man and especially as a stoic. Those are two things which will, I mean, doing physical labor, doing work, you know, and that could, you know, and that could be translated to almost a simulation of it. You know, sport is a great, great 
place because that is almost a simulation of war in a, in a certain way, especially if it's a team sport. Um, what else? Going to going to work, going for a job, you know, having a hobby like running or lifting weights. You know, these are things that like I'm going to do this. Starting a business is probably the best one because that's all on you, all on you, all the risk, all the responsibilities on you. And that is that's huge. That's very stoic. You have to become very stoic to deal with that. To listen, to be like, okay, listen, because a lesser man, if someone told, if someone gave him a business and went, okay, all the responsibilities on you, either you know, the modern man would make an excuse and be like, well, I didn't even want this business. This wasn't even mine to have. Or or they go, or they just the break down, straight into the floor. Honestly, yeah, and and that's, yeah. I mean, first of all, if you, if you, if you are, if you do feel stoic in life, that's that's very impressive. But no, it's journey as well and that's another thing jack how would you say you get started on being stoic do you think it's just a mindset do you think it's just a flip in your head a switch that you just turn on i'm stoic now i think well everything everything in life is a practice and through repetition is how you achieve you know like a better understanding and, and better yeah understanding of the principles and, mm. you know whether that's through real life experiences or just sort of mental ones and i do think it starts off with with educating yourself on the subject and then you you start to develop the mindset and you put into practice some of the principles. And it's going to take time because, you know, sometimes you're not going to be able to remember to be stoic and you're going to get very reactive at someone, mm. you know, pushing back at you. And I think through, you know, time and time, you know, you will get there. But this is my question to you. Do you think it's a, it's a helpful mindset or is there something, you know, more helpful for the, for the modern person as opposed to just being a full-on stoic? Because I know somebody andrew kirby when he decided to be a stoic he effectively repressed all of his emotions until he didn't feel anything anymore yeah and, and that i suppose that is a big problem um and it's, it's one of the reasons i used to think stoicism was problematic and i suppose to some extent i still do mm-hmm. because stoicism effectively encourages um men specifically men right like, like let's be honest um but also women in some cases some of those mm-hmm. Uh, women more masculine energy to to repress their emotions and focus almost entirely on duty now i think focus on duty is very very important and focus on duty above emotion is also very important but if you repress all emotions you're going to have a you're going to struggle and and unfortunately the way it works is you can't just repress the bad ones you can't just go i'm deciding not to be sad sad or or angry but I'm going to be happy. That's unfortunately not how it works. You know, it's kind of a spectrum. And that's why, you know, we talk about going on no fap. You get the both. This is where you get the flat line because you've got the worst. You get really, really bad emotion, but you also get the best. You know, you flat line, you've got like nothing. And then you're going to up, down, up, down, up, down. And that, that's and that's something which I think is valuable in life. But I think the stoicism thing, the best way to enjoy stoicism is to have the emotions, but also use logic to makes make the emotions you know you acknowledge they're there so say i wake up in the morning i'm like oh i'm really sad today you know a non-stoic a hedonist would go okay i'm sad therefore i can't work out therefore i must watch tv whereas a stoic will go okay i'm sad i acknowledge that they'll feel that be like that fucking sucks that's really annoying but doesn't matter i still got to get up doesn't matter i've still got to do my duty and that is the difference it's not that you're not feeling any emotion. I think Marcus Aurelius himself would agree with me here. You know, bit of a bold statement, but uh, it's not about discarding emotion. It's about almost discarding 
the idea that emotions create an imperative that emotions make it so you have to do stuff you know which i i used to feel all the time you'd be like oh i'm going i'll be on the bus home bus ride home from school and i'll be like oh i did bad in my exams so i'm just gonna not revise today like i'm just gonna have a day off i wonder why i did bad in my exams right like that that's a funny funny cycle that and 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 that that's the big thing. It's it's like you know why Hamza is so successful with his catchphrase "Do the hard work," especially when you don't feel like it. That's that's very stoic, in my opinion. And and noticing that you don't feel like it, it's very stoic. It's not stoic to repress emotions. It seems stoic. And even if it is stoic to repress emotions, that ain't useful, right? We're redefining stoicism, neo-stoicism here, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, yeah, I definitely think that's a really good takeaway from an answer to the question which is <clears throat> except these you know emotions exist but don't the, the famous philosopher quote that you always bring up which is reasons are a slave to the emotions this is something that you need to be important to not fall into the trap of so you can acknowledge mm. it's there like yes i i feel crap but this doesn't mean that i'm not going to do what i need to do mm. and like fundamentally you can use some of the tips and tricks in self-improvement to shift this emotion it's like okay so i i feel I thought, crap, I didn't get enough sleep. But mm. you could then shift it onto gratitude. So, like, at least I was able to sleep. I'm in a comfy bed in my house. You know, there's running water. I can go and have a hot shower. All of these lovely things, which then can shift you into a positive emotion. And then you can go and do it. That looks like a very big point finger. So. Well, why are you having a hot shower? <laughs> oh, ah! oh, <laughs> oh, dear. Oh. <laughs> no, cold showers all the way, all the way. Uh, I mean, actually, I'll be honest, I've had a cold for the last three days. I've not taken my cold showers. Oh, oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Okay. All right. My bad, my bad, my bad. No, no, no. But like, it's, it's, um, we obviously, we did a bit of banter there. Can we get a round of applause? But Jack had a, Jack, that was a great point there. It's like, that is so true. Like, you can turn, and, and self-improvement effectively is stoicism like the whole thing like the entire thing is stoicism it's about getting rid of excuses fueled by emotion and doing the hard work logically and logically realizing that hard work is important that is stoicism that is the ancient roman belief you know, that is perfect um well maybe not perfect but it is it's, it's essentially what people want people want to be effective people people don't actually want the rewards from life themselves uh, they might think they do. What they want is they want a purpose. And they want to be effective workers. They want to have effective duties. Um, I mean, just reading this very interesting book at the moment called uh, Hard Times Create Strong Men, Good Times Create Weak Men. And that is, it's a longer title than that, but that's effectively the gist, right? And that book talks about how a lot of men, you know, he, he, he had a business. The guy had a business. He had a business. He went away for 30 days. People weren't showing up on time when he came back. You know, the whole office structure had fallen apart. He gave them a bollocking for it, as you'd expect. He couldn't fire them, though, because he had a small business. So he couldn't fire these guys. So, but they would respond. They went, you're mean. I don't like working here. This isn't my dream job. Okay, and that is the, that's kind of the issue with modernity here, is that everybody feels like they want their dream job, that they want their dream, and then they'll be fulfilled. That's not what fulfills us. What fulfills us is having a duty, and doing that duty, even when we don't feel like it, that is how we ultimately get fulfilled. Even if we don't like it, even if it's not our dream duty, right? That and that—that's the thing. And if you do, you got to realize that if you do want your dream job, you got to do shit that sucks in order to get it. It's not gonna—it's not as easy as dreaming. 
And that's why so many like men nowadays fall to fantasy, pornography, and that kind of ridiculous stuff. And and it's yeah. uh, and it's reason it's it's a big yeah. problem. And stoicism teaches us that exterior things aren't what matters. What matters is a sense and feeling of duty. And at the end of the day, you could get that with any job on the planet. A hundred percent. And I just I just want to hammer that point home. So. Like Sam said, that most people fail this because they're they're not willing to do the hard work. So Gary V says, you gotta you gotta be willing to eat crap for two years before you can then eat the caviar in mm. year three. So it's gonna take two years of grinding, doing stuff that sucks. You know, it's not very fun to do this stuff. But in year three, oh, it will magically rocket up and you get something good. Tony Robbins brings up the point of duty. So he says, the key things to having like a, a feeling success and like fulfilled in life is contribution and like duty so it's you know whatever you're doing is is to a greater purpose than just you so it's not purely my financial gain or whatever but it's me making you know the space better in life and the final point i wanted to make from that if i can remember it uh uh <laughs> no i can't so sam <clears throat> the one the last thing i want to bring up is is slightly a different angle which is um tim ferris who I don't know if he has, but there's definitely elements of stoicism in his life. Mm. And he talks about voluntary hardship. So this was something that some of the Stoics would do, which is they take a week out of a year to live with, you know, bare bones, you know, nothing, maybe in a barrel in the middle of the street, or was that Diogenes or whatever. Oh, and to um, <laughs> the life, uh, to experience, you know, how it is for the rest of the time, they can be grateful. Is that what it's about or... Is there some other reason that they're voluntary injuring in hardship? So, obviously, voluntary hardship is great. It's why we take cold showers. It's why we, you know, might run. It's why we work hard. It's why we meditate. Meditate. Can I just yeah. quick aside? Meditation is so difficult, right? <laughs> like, like I, I, I do it every single day, and I do it. I guess I did it for forty-five minutes, right? Mm -hmm. Holy crap, that was very difficult but it's also so the best thing for you and that's something to understand like usually things that are harder are the best things for you voluntary mm -hmm. hardship is absolutely amazing um and I'll, I'll tell you why right now voluntary hardship makes it so you understand what it's like to have basic things you stop taking things for granted um when you know it's like when you go on holiday it's kind of you know everyone's got this feeling it's not the same thing but you know like you go on holiday and like the holiday house didn't have wi-fi or like it had bad wi-fi and you didn't have like 4g or anything and then you get home and you can like go on your computer and like watch youtube for an hour that's something everyone understands okay now imagine not having uh food for a week right yeah. suddenly like the idea of watching like the idea of eating food is 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 like oh my god that that's sick that's like the coolest thing ever i did a 24-hour fast around this time last year and when i ate food suddenly i didn't you know i didn't need to watch youtube for the next hour or next freaking three days i didn't need to have to listen to music when i went for a walk you know i had food and that was like the most entertaining thing of my life and like i was so grateful for that and that that was so Perfect. And so voluntary hardship really teaches us not to take things for granted. And it also removes a lot of the distractions from life. Uh, another thing before, before I ask you a question back is dopamine detoxes are sick because they make you enjoy hard work. Because when you sit in a corner not doing anything and essentially not being productive, okay, technically you're being 
productive because you're setting yourself up in the next you know week or whatever suddenly doing work becomes like um, the coolest thing ever like you're like oh my god you, you're sat there and you, you're thinking you're not thinking you're not you're not working and thinking oh i wish i was work i wish i was playing video games or oh, i wish i was watching tv right now like this sucks you're sat in a corner you're like oh my god, I wish I was working, I've got all these new ideas, and like, this would actually be so sick, and I wish I could write that down now, and I wish I could just get on the grind, and do all that, and that that's the thing that voluntary hardship creates passion, mm-hmm. and it creates mm-hmm. uh, mobility, like it creates a, a sense of ease in hard work. Do you also think that the voluntary hardship brings up the idea of like, the internal locus of control, so I'm in control of, you know, how I feel, like, You've gotten yeah. rid of all the external things that could be there. So, you know, the food TV, and it's just you. It's so, just the internal. The difficult thing about that is, I know I know Goggins talks about this a lot, and Goggins is essentially the, the king of voluntary hardship in the modern world. Um, he says, you got to prepare your body, you got to put your body through hardship so that your mind becomes, you callous the mind. Callous your mind. Callous your mind. And once your mind has become calloused, when you actually have to go through hardship that you haven't done yourself, that you haven't forced yourself to do, you'll be ready for it. It's training. It's training for the actual hard times. And that, that's very true. You're effectively creating synthetic difficulty so that when actual difficulty comes along, you're used to it. And and that makes a lot of sense. So, Jack, before we finish today, have you got any practices you'd recommend to enable stoicism to flourish in the listener's life? Part of me just wants to bring up the idea of gratitude. So it's the sort of the reframing of the external to the internal. So you can always, there's always something to be grateful for. Like, so, you know, the the, the worst possible scenarios happened, you know, something bad happened that's external. You know, you could be reactive outside, but you could also look inside and be, okay, so yes, this thing's really crap, but what is there that I'm still grateful that I've got, you know? I've still got my phone to make calls to my family. You know, mm. I've still got my body that works, you know, that sort of thing. And this is just what the process of reframing from the outside to the inside. Uh, I'd also bring up meditation because I think it can be helpful to get a sense of mindfulness, which allows you to recognize the emotions. Like, Oh, I'm angry. Like you were saying with the, the example of, mm. was it in bed? But then like, you still need to get up. And this is something that, mindfulness helps to do hmm. uh and then yeah just educate yourself more on proper stoicism so probably read brian holiday's book that's probably a good thing to do and you know watch maybe two i'd limit to two two good videos on youtube on stoicism you got anything to add sam no no that's good um yeah and the one point that i can now remember from when i forgot earlier oh here we go was People, one of the greatest desires that people have is to feel important. And this this fits so perfectly in because you get a sense of feeling importance through doing your duty. And that is, is one of the reasons why doing the hard work is so rewarding. Mm. And, you know, not succumbing to instant gratification where afterwards you feel crap. Doing the duty, you feel empowered. And you, yeah, it's just such a good thing to do and learn. Yeah. And I think that's everything. So if you want to check out nextstephelp.net for affordable, one-to-one personalized coaching with either Sam or myself, um, we will help you take the next steps to achieving your dream life. Thank you for listening and much love.